Ladies and gentlemen, fourth in trollers, welcome back to the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. That's right, we are back with another episode of Fourth and Troll Fantasy. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have got a great show for you guys today. We are coming off of some upset specials in week 10. It was some exciting games, potentially the game of the year that had a couple catch of the year candidates in it. Some more names emerging as potential MVP candidates as well. It's an exciting week in the NFL, but first things first, Wes, how are you doing after week 10? Dude, I am great. Uh, just a couple of things here. One, first week of the season that I won in every league that I'm in. So I'm Come very, on. Very happy about that. Four for four on week 10. Uh, number two, this was an awesome week of football. This was a really, really good through and through, except for Thursday night, just all day Sunday. And last night's surprising game against the commanders was awesome. Oh yeah. So with that being said, I got to get the one thing off my chest from football that sucked. I hate the Raiders. The Raiders are so bad at football. I'm so annoyed <laughs> with how bad they are. I, I, I can't stand Josh McDaniel. I want him gone. I need him gone for the sake of, of the NFL. I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, I, uh, you know, we were both quite excited last night watching Monday night football. When 1972 Miami dolphins got to pop a champagne. Yeah. They still, still 50 years later, the only team in NFL history to have a perfect season, man, greatness, greatness on the horizon. For uh, for that team, it only took 50 years to come back around for greatness. And hey, maybe we're there. Maybe 50 mm-hmm. years later, we have the missing pieces. But I am doing real well. Another week, another Dolphins win. That's always exciting. Another loss for my fantasy team. Not as exciting. No, you know, not exciting. Uh, you know, I'm excited for us to be able to plug Jeff Wilson into my lineup every week now, though. <laughs> we'll be able to yeah. talk about that a little bit later. My goodness, that dude is crazy. What in the world? Absolutely killing it in the new environment, but I am doing real well. We have got a great show for you guys today. We got some hyped up, let down. We're going to jump into a new segment called In or Out. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more specific. We'll get to that in a little bit here. Um, and then we're going to obviously do waiver wire. And then, of course, Thursday night football preview. First things first, Wes, hit us with the news as we go towards week 11. Yeah, so there was a surprising update on Monday. For some reason, the Arizona Cardinals released Eno Benjamin, who filled in for James Conner for multiple weeks. As of now, it remains to be seen if he's going to be picked up anywhere else, but James Conner will be clearly the uncontested running back in Arizona I, Noah, did you see any reason any statement as to why they just dropped him? I didn't. I didn't catch anything. Not at all. I thought. He, I thought he did extremely well. He is a local kid. He played college football at Arizona State. I. I have no idea why he dropped him. He'll hit the waivers, and I'm sure he will be claimed by somebody because that is a he can step in and play a really solid role for somebody who needs a running back, who needs some depth at running back, maybe not necessarily a starter. But he showed what he can do in a starting position. So, I mean, yeah, I have no clue. I'm so I was so shocked to get that notification on my phone. I very he strange. was he was on my fantasy team up until last week. Like he was a <laughs> I, I think I started I started him last week. 
on my fantasy team because I was like, you know what? We don't know what James Conner's workload is going to look like. Eno might still have a role here because he did. He did really well. I am shocked. I'm shocked about it. And it's yeah, it's a very surprising release. Anyway, well, in that same division, uh, likely some very, very uh, sad news is that Cooper Cup suffered what is now called a high ankle sprain. Generally, from our understanding, is that this is usually a, a multi-week absence. We know this can extend into six weeks, upwards of that even. So generally, people should prepare to miss many, many weeks without one of the best playmakers in the NFL. So just be prepared, possibly the rest of the season. Who knows? Nothing stated as of the recording this episode. Moving on to the NFC South and Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, as we saw, if you woke up early to watch that first NFL game in Germany, uh, Leonard Fournette suffered a hip injury against the Seahawks, but even though he exited the game because they have a bye week going into this week, Leonard Fournette has a good chance to actually suit up in their next game against Cleveland in two weeks. Todd Bowles also stated Monday that it's too early to tell if Fournette should miss any time. It's just not for certain, but it shouldn't be multiple weeks as of what we're hearing right now. Jerry Judy in Denver had a pretty rough injury, but right now, thankfully, it's just a minor ankle injury and it's just considered day to day. Some believing it could have been a high ankle sprain. It's good to know that Judy could be in line to play again this week, perhaps just missing one game. Uh, we saw a really, really bad hit against Juju Smith-Schuster for the Chiefs. He's in concussion protocol right now. There's no further updates on his status for next week. Just something to monitor if you've been playing him. He's been playing excellent for the Chiefs. Uh, Cole Komet, some of you saw he got banged up during the game uh, for the Bears. Bears tight end Cole Komet got banged up, limped off the field, but everything was fine. He was just in a lot of pain, pushed through it. He's going to be fine, good, good to go in case any of you were looking to add him to your waiver wires. Another tight end who will not be playing this year, though, is Zach Ertz, who suffered a season-ending knee injury on Sunday. Right now, we looked into it. The remaining tight ends for Arizona are Trey McBride and Steven Anderson, who have a combined six targets on the season. That's if you're interested in picking up a tight end for the Cardinals. Just keep in mind. Okay. On that note, speaking of which, Marquise Brown is on pace to return after their week 14 bye at the latest. It's unlikely he plays next week, but his progression could have him return the week after that. So he could be playing shortly. In Carolina, PJ Walker, I don't know how this happened, suddenly has a high ankle sprain. And the Panthers will now turn to Baker Mayfield to be the starter indefinitely. Okay. Nothing happened after they won. I don't know where this ankle sprain came from, but Baker Mayfield's a starter. Uh, in Baltimore, Mark Andrews and Gus Edwards, who uh, had some injuries in their last game two weeks ago, uh, are likely going to return to practice this week, which makes them both also likely to play this Sunday against the Panthers. Keep that in mind. Gus Edwards could be the RB1 again. Of course, Mark Andrews is a superstar. Uh, one of the last things before we just kind of recap the bye weeks going into the week, Brandon Staley said, head coach for the Chargers, Brandon Staley said both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will be back to practice this week. No update on if they're going to play, but it is definitely a great sign. Okay. Last thing, just a reminder for your bye weeks, Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Seattle Seahawks, all on a bye week. Be prepared to slot in someone for those big boys for your fantasy teams. That's it. 
that's all we got for the news heading into week 11. Now let's go talk about who got us hyped up for week 10. I am hyped up from a lot of these guys. No, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do we need to even talk again about Justin Fields? I mean, I feel like he's been a recurring name. He has been me too. He's been a recurring name on this podcast for the last five, six, seven episodes ever since we first mentioned him as a, Hey, this guy is looking good. You need to go grab him. He still looks good. And my goodness, he's following the pattern here. It's just been, you know, we said plays the dolphins and then he gets the lions, you know, and how about just back to back, like 40 point games, you know, 39.38 fantasy points for Justin Fields on Sunday against the lions. And again, the dude is scoring on the ground in the air. I'm, you know, I'm worried they're going to try and limit his rushing upside because they say, Hey, you're really good at this. We don't want you to get hurt. Run less. No, Matt Eberflus, stop it. He is carrying that team, even though they lost, man, he looks awesome. First player in NFL history, <laughs> excuse me, with a hundred rushing yards, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns in a single game. First player in NFL history to hit that mark there. He has his hype demo for sure. Back-to-back QB1 weeks for Justin Fields. He's unbelievable. Let's talk about another guy, though, Wes. Justin Jefferson had, and and, I, and I'll say this. Oh, God. What truly now, what I think is the best catch I've ever seen. Yeah. In that game against the Bills. Listen, George Pickens, acrobatics out the butt, crazy reaction skills to catch that ball. He was, you know, parallel to the ground, essentially catching that ball. Odo Beckham, obviously incredible, incredible skills there to for the three-handed or three-fingered snag there for the Giants back in the day. Julian Edelman in the Super Bowl with the bobble catch, which is truly what I think is probably one of a, a you know. Top three catch of all time, I think. Um, but my goodness, Justin Jefferson, the skill, strength, poise that you have to have to make that catch. On fourth, on and, fourth 18. and 18. Yeah, on fourth and 18. This guy. <laughs> defender, defensive back has two hands on the ball. And Justin Jefferson has one hand and says, yeah, I, I got this. I'll, I'll take that one. Thanks. I love Don't him. worry. Incredible. Just incredible. Awesome to see him doing that. And 16 targets is also just, I know they played into overtime, but um, so you got an extra, a little bit of an extra quarter there, but he is, you know, he only had like, like 20 more yards in overtime. This was a true dominant game. It wasn't, right. a, it wasn't a lot for him there. So 193 yards come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, favorite. it's it's great to get one of these one of these again because it, we we you know thought this might be the regular occurrence and we've not, by by far have not been disappointed by anything Justin Jefferson has done this season. But there, I don't know. That there's been the the big boom like this since since week one when we were all like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna kill everybody this season <laughs> right and it was just great it was just great to see this again uh justin jefferson owners you're thrilled with that and what's going on there Patrick Mahomes, real quick just one of the greatest fourth quarters i've ever seen in football just that vikings bills game was 
outstanding. I don't know. Yeah. Roller coaster. Probably game of the year. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 31.14 fantasy points. He just keeps doing it. He just keeps doing it. It's unbelievable. It doesn't matter who his weapons are. He gets it done. Kadarius Tony, good to see him find the end zone. Patrick Mahomes, four passing touchdowns, four different receivers, or pass catchers on those touchdowns. He's killing it. He's doing a great job, and he didn't have to throw 70 passes this game, so that was nice for him too. Good for Patrick Mahomes. Christian Kirk, we called him for real last week, Wes. Seems Proud like it. Us. Seems yeah. like it. 31.5 fantasy yeah. points. 12 targets. It's the big one we want to look at there. You know, the opponent helped. It was the Chiefs. They had to throw a lot to stay in this game. Uh, anyone who streamed Trevor Lawrence like I did, I'm sure we were happy with the 20 points he got us. But Christian Kirk on the receiving end of a lot of that 20-point performance for Trevor Lawrence, 31.5 fantasy points for Christian Kirk. They said 12 targets, nine catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Great to see him, you know, back-to-back weeks now returning to kind of that first three weeks form that we saw that we were all really excited about. And very, very maybe happy. maybe backing up his name for some of the trash we were throwing at him for being such a high such a high paid receiver. He's doing great. Good really him. good to see him flourish there. Excited to see maybe what this offense can look like with Calvin Ridley and Hammond next year. If Calvin Ridley hasn't really lost a step, it could be a dangerous duo there. But let's talk about another guy in Dallas. CD Lamb. My it's goodness. It's about time. It's about time. We've been waiting on it. We've been waiting on it, and he got it. 15 targets in this game. Incredible to see those numbers up there. 11 catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. I was on the receiving end of uh, in a couple of leagues of the spanking that CD Lamb put down on uh, his opponent oh, went this against week. Him? I did, and I was not that thrilled. Yeah, I was not happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never so happy about it. Yeah, that yeah, was rough, rough time. But CD Lamb, thirty-eight fantasy points. I mean, just I mean, it, it, all of these guys so far. And the next couple we'll talk about. Just you know, if someone says, you know, what does fourth and troll fantasy's hyped up segment look like? Boom, right here, right here. This is what it is. It's about these guys who we all had high hopes for coming in and just absolutely <laughs> ripping people apart. Another guy that a lot of people had high hopes for, but we hadn't seen yet here was Christian Watson. I know Aaron Rodgers had high hopes for him. My goodness, Christian Watson, 32.7 fantasy points. Talk about a little bit of a coming out game in the NFL. Eight targets, four catches, but four catches for 107 yards and three touchdowns. Wild. I mean, wild stats. I mean, what are we doing here? This is crazy. We're going to talk about him a little later. Just in a little bit, something to mention here. And then the last one that just got us hyped up is, you know, I feel like this is a recurring recurring theme now here before <laughs> yeah. the Joe Fantasy. And we just got to talk about these tickers that get us hyped up, man. And Joey Sly on Monday Night Football absolutely got us hyped up. 19 fantasy points. But go ahead, finish with the stats. <laughs> yeah, four, four field goals and two PATs. He was the offense, essentially. Like, it was like, dude, it was killing it. He was, right. you know, 12 points. But they were really, himself. really good field goals that helped yeah. the commanders maintain the lead once they got it. Like, this wasn't just like Nick Folk, who's just because they can't finish the drive. Like, no, these were 50 plus field goals that he was drilling. Like, this one was deserved. I I got hyped up, honestly. <laughs> I was like, look at yeah. this guy go, Joey Sly. Definitely. I love it, man. All of them got us hyped up. As always on a Tuesday, let's get sad, though, because Derrick Henry let us down. 
Derek Henry was done big time. Got back to one of those one of those early season games that we you know were a little disappointed in. Uh, Eight point seven fantasy points again. Not something you're going to go ahead and bench anybody over, but you know, and I don't think it's a sign of things to come. But I will um, say that I'm impressed the Broncos did as well as they did without Bradley Chubb. I'm, I'm all right. So they do have a good defense outside of him. That's something that I took away seeing Derrick Henry stats. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could be that. I also think it just could be a little bit of rust from this Titans. I mean, the Titans won, but uh, a little bit of rust from the Titans offense as well, just without having Ryan Tannehill for their past two games and him being limited in some practices. Not sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're thrilled with a win, but I'm not sure if Vrabel was necessarily excited about the performance of that game. Definitely going to have yeah. to see what happens next week. Because, listen, say we all want about Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is a good professional NFL quarterback, as some people might say he's, he can do his job and that's good. So yeah, Derek Henry, just a little bit of a letdown. Another guy who would let us down is George Kittle, 3.1 fantasy points. We thought he might be back to form here. We're watching closely to see what this offense in San Francisco is going to look like with all these weapons back, all these weapons back. What's this going to be like? What's going on? You know, there's is there too many mouths to feed what's happening here? Uh, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo fed any mouths, to be completely honest. It's it felt so weird. This this whole yeah. this whole 49ers offense. It was there like, was a hilarious graphic they put up after the 49ers won, which is oh Jimmy Garoppolo is 10 and 2 when he doesn't throw a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. When Jimmy Garoppolo oh. gets carried, he's 10 and 2. <laughs> right. Well, okay. <laughs> Nice. It's like a good formula. Yeah. So a bit of a letdown from George Kittle there. We're going to have to see what happens with the Niners offense. Another person in that game, a little bit of a letdown just because it's been so incredible. These 34 plus point games, but Austin Eckler, a little bit of a letdown week, 13.3 fantasy points. Listen again, nothing to be worried about. Don't, don't, don't freak out. You're fine. I mean, I think you're kidding yourself if, you know, we don't recognize that the 49ers defense is really good against running backs. You know, they hold running backs in check fairly well. Um, We saw a little more of Isaiah Spiller in that game than I think I thought we were going to see than we have all season, really, but nothing I'm too concerned about. Austin Eckler will return to form. Again, this is a letdown segment. Just let down, guys. Just let down. We feel silly if we didn't talk about this with you. So there you go. Monday night guy that let us down. AJ Brown. I don't know Oof. if it was because it was Devonta Smith's birthday or not, but he, you know, he said he stepped aside a little bit and said, you know what? He can score the touchdown. Yeah, we'll get, we'll give it to him. He can, he can have that one. Yeah, but AJ Brown can win too. For Devontae's yeah. Birthday. Yeah. For Devonta Smith's birthday here, lose. <laughs> here we'll yeah. lose just for yeah. you. <laughs> um, AJ Brown, 1.7 fantasy points. This is not the norm. You know, we'll be, you'll be okay. We'll be fine. Keep plugging him in. Uh, you know, if anything, this is going to motivate him to just have another, you know, three touchdown first half next week. Yeah, get called for taunting uh, again, AJ. Yeah, because my goodness, this is just going to be, you know, I think this next Eagles game. I don't, I don't know fully their. Uh, I don't have their opponent off the top of my head. Are you, ty- next are you week. typing it? My guess is Giants. I am. He, they play the Colts next week. Newly head coach Jeff Saturday. Right. It should be good. Should be. Yeah, good should be. This, so so this whole Eagles revenge game is you know coming off of a, their first loss of the season. I will not be surprised if they score 184 points. 
because <laughs> yeah. I think, yep, this is just going to be, everyone's going to be pissed off and they're going to be embarrassed and they're going to come out and do, go crazy. So AJ Brown let down for sure. And sadly, you mentioned him in the news segment, Wes, somebody were let down by and hurting for probably here. Cooper cup, you know, before he even, you know, he did get hurt, but before he even got hurt, it was just a rough week. You know, they didn't have Matthew Stafford. The connection may not have been there with John Wolford, but five targets, three catches, negative one yards, just 2.9 fantasy points. But obviously, yeah, really bad week. You're you're probably pretty let down there if you lost um, based off Cooper Cup. But we are going to need to monitor that. You know, we're hoping for the best there because, as we say often, football is more fun with Cooper Cup in it. So definitely just something to look at there. That you have said multiple times. That is not you just making that up now. I've heard you say that many, many times. Oh, no, it'll yeah. Be, I, it'll I be sad if we, that. we finish the season without Cooper Cup. It'll be a little less fun. I agree. I definitely agree. I think, you know, I I, I do think it's just, you know, it's more fun to watch him play football than it is not. So that's it for Hyped Up and Let Down. We got a lot of people to figure out if it's Fluka for real, Wes. Oh, so let's my goodness. Jump, let's jump into this because yeah. – just all these names, man. Aaron Jones, 23.6 fantasy points. Fluker for real. Uh, it's it's hard to say it's not for real because it's Aaron Jones, but he's had a bad season. But, you know, uh, with 24 carries, 138 yards. I like it. I'll buy into it. I think you have to start him regardless, but I'll buy into it for real. Yeah. Boom, for real. Done and dusted. Jonathan Taylor, 24.3 fantasy points. Fluker for real. Am I, cra- am I crazy? To not be convinced by this? No. Okay. I'm so not. I'm not. I'm not. Neither am I. Okay. Everyone's like, yeah, everyone's like, he's back. Guys, it was the Raiders. It was the Raiders. So yes. Who Ugh. everyone goes off against. And people were like, Jonathan Taylor's back. He's healthy. No, Naeem Hines. He's back, baby. <laughs> they played the Raiders. Jeff Saturday did not have an offensive scheme lined up for them to be able to go ahead and go, oh, we got the plan here. We got the one. You no, know, Jeff Saturday went, hey, that guy's pretty good, huh? Let's give him yeah. a ball. What do you think? Pretty good idea? All right, book it. Let's go. No, I'm with you, Wes. Okay, great. I'm I'm not convinced because it's the Raiders. They're so bad at football. And yeah, do it again against the Eagles. Do this against the yeah. Eagles, and then I'll uh, believe. Coming up, that. he's got the Eagles. He's got he's got the Eagles. He's got the Cowboys, and he's got the Steelers with TJ Watt back. He's got <laughs> those three coming up, and a bye week that he hasn't taken yet. So if you're hoping for that like playoff push from Jonathan Taylor. I don't think you're gonna get it. Like it's, I, I'm with you. He is, this is this is fluke. This is fluky. Dude, we're awesome. We're, we're awesome. We're, we're Hashtag so never been wrong. Never been wrong. <laughs> never been wrong, baby. All right, James Connor, twenty three point six fantasy points. Fluker for real, us. You know, after Sunday, I was interested. I was like, yeah, I, that's that's pretty good. Sixty nine yards isn't a lot. And then after Monday, they release Eno Benjamin. It's like, all right, I guess so. I guess I'm starting yeah. James Conner for here on out. So, yeah, for real, mostly because of Eno Benjamin's release. Yeah, I'm with you. This is this is probably for real, especially, uh, it, you know, Kyler's health uncertain. Maybe they do lean on this run a little bit, a little bit more, and he seems to be the guy that they're going to lean on. So 
Definitely feeling like James Conner could have some more good games in his future. Jeff Wilson Jr. Oh, man, this guy. 22.3 <sighs> fantasy points. Fluker for real. Hell yeah. Yeah. Unstoppable. I yep. mean, he's going to be in our in our in and out segment coming up. We'll get into more details. But yes. I, yep. I, wow. <laughs> Dolphins offense. Come on. I love it. They're so good. All right. For real. For real. Another guy. Cole Komet here. Wes. 23.4 fantasy points. Man, I'm so happy to see this guy doing good for right. real. The week after we did our our midway recap and figured out the rankings, and you're like, oh, Cole Commander, I thought he might be there. He's like scored a touchdown every game since. Yeah, now he's like he's like, oh, that guy wanted me in the top ten. Well, I'm I'm someone you know, believes in me. I'll make my way there, I guess. Uh, I'll get two touchdowns every game. Yeah, here we go. It's like yeah. back to back weeks, two touchdowns. Yeah. I'm in this. Cole Komet yeah. for the win. Yeah. Cole Komet is for real. And, and you know, it took a little while to get there, but he's for real. And I like it a lot. Excited about it. Rashad White, rookie running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 10.5 fantasy points. But we'll we'll talk about him in a little bit. But let's just talk about this real quick, Wes. Fluker for real. For real. And that's all we'll say because we, yeah. we got some good notes coming up. But for real. For real. We do. We do. Nick Westbrook Akine, wide receiver for the Titans, 28.9 fantasy points. Fluger for real? I what? Fluke. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what? Like, what are we all. what are we doing here? It just feels like Tannehill found somebody twice. And that was that was how Five that went. catches, 119 yards. You mean to tell me he has like over 20 yards a catch? Yeah. No. Nope. Not a no. buy it. I don't buy it. I, I agree with you. Fluke. Kadarius Tony, though, 19 fantasy points. What do we think? Fluke mm. for real. All right. So five targets. Pretty good. I know Juju got hurt, you know, at some point. So that's part of it. 57 yards and a touchdown. Pretty good. I really like the two rushes in 33 yards. So for me, that is more of an incentive to say for real, because with how unbelievably creative Andy Reid is, with his offense and how unbelievably talented Kadarius Tony is, this could really be a game-changing waiver ad for a lot of people that picked him up when he was traded. For real. I'm very, very interested to see what happens. I'm going to take a page out of your book, Wes. Is that cool? Yeah, go for it. Show me, show it to me twice. Mm, show show it to me twice. Show it to me twice. I, I'm I'm bought in, but show it to me twice, and then I'll be, and then I'm I'm sold. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm listening. I'm looking. Yeah, but you know, I I I want to see if he, he can do this again with Juju playing a full game and with Miko Hardman playing. That's what I want to see. I want to see if you yep. know. I, I see the two rushes, and I go two rushes for thirty three. I go. It sounds like a Miko Hardman stat, does it not? I don't know. I I'm bought in. Close me. Close me, Kadarius Tony. Close me, Andy Reid. Yeah. Close me on the sale. Show it to I me like twice, it. and I'm bought in. I like it. My guy, hope you bought in. Hope you bought low. Chris Godwin, 19.1 fantasy points. What do we say? What do we say, Wes? We said Dude. this offense is going to get a little better. This offense feels a little better. It's going to get a little better. And I think Chris Godwin finds the end zone at a little more than he has over the first half of the season, which, oh, boom, check the boxes. Run the tape. Run the film. <laughs> Chris got a 19.1 fantasy points, but fluke for real. Uh, you you say it. 
I already know. Man. It's for real. Go it's for, for real. Noah. Listen, we called it. We called it out. We called it out. We pointed it out. Chris Godwin, it's for real. It is for real. Uh, and Mike Evans had a little bit of a down week. You know, Wes, you were right too. You know, I hope you guys sold Mike Evans and you bought Chris Godwin because maybe a shifting of the tides here as far as who is going to get what here in this offense. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, um, Buy buy low, sell high, and uh, studs and duds last episode. Yeah, huh? a pretty good job. Yeah, Joe Mixon got zero points this week, guys. Come on, yeah. I hope you sold Freaking, them. Yeah, idiots. Gosh, you guys are <laughs> morons. You didn't. Come on now. All right, another uh, wide receiver there for the Bucks, Julio Jones, fourteen point three fantasy points. Um, what do we think on this one though? So, like Kadarius Tony, I'm bought in, but I'm still not starting. Julio Jones, I'm not bought in, but I'll keep yeah. an eye on him. I say fluke, but, you know, let's keep a tab just in case he starts getting some good PPR. But even still, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say gut, but I just don't feel good about starting Julio Jones heading yeah. into the playoffs. If I need one or if I need like two or three more wins the last few weeks to get in the playoffs, I'm not starting Julio Jones for that push. Right. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a little fluky and we're going to, you know, the, he made these little miniature spike weeks, but, um, you know, cause that's because Tom Brady can throw a touchdown to anybody really, you know, if he doesn't have this touchdown, it's like a, you know, seven point week or something, something like that, you know, around there. Um, but, you know, good to see Julio, good to see Julio doing what he, you know, previously has done, which is be productive on the football field, his touchdown. I will point out, and I'll just say a little something here real quick, his touchdown when you watch that touchdown, I I think I shed a single tear because he had that catch in open space and turned on the jets to go score the touchdown. And man, when he was running the strides he was taking, I swear to you, I was watching 2016 Julio Jones, the way mm-hmm. he was running the football, like the strides he was taking. It was just like, man, Remember when he would do that, like down the sideline for 80 yards? Like, oh, yeah. gosh, it was just like, man, I feel like I was blast from the past. It was great to see him score and get in the end zone and, and you know, show his athleticism still. One of the best to ever play. One of the best to ever play the position. That's so, true. I definitely agree. exciting to see that. Just behind him, though, in best to ever play the position, Paris Campbell, West. <laughs> Paris Campbell, 20.6 oh, fantasy man. points. Fluker for real. Um, uh, uh, I have no fluke. I'm just not, yep. I'm not going to try to elaborate. It's, yep. you know, it's nice to see Matt Ryan, you know, help out with some of the passing game statistics, but this is by far, you know, his, his best game. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun King in Detroit, 22.1 fantasy points. Fluker for real. I'm bought in until um, I hope I, so. I'm yeah. Too much of a sucker for what he did the first three weeks to yeah. think this is a fluke. It's like, no, this is what I wanted. Yeah. This is your standard. So I'm for real. Just keep starting him for better and worse. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I, I really hope so. And I hope it's not a product of the of the you know defense he was playing against. I don't think it is. You know, 11 targets, you love to see it. I'm really monitoring and hoping we see the rookie wide receiver, Jameson Williams back because you get those two explosive players on the field. They each have the higher upside to explode, you know? So hopefully about Ross St. Brown gets another guy yeah. out there. Um, you know, other, you know, they sent TJ Hawkinson. So it's like, well, 
Who are we throwing to? Amon Ra's right there. Yeah, 11 targets. Pretty good. Yep, definitely. Darius Slayton, a Giants wide receiver in our good section of Fluker for Real. This might be an anomaly. What's going on here with Darius Slayton, Fluker for Real? I'll tell you what's going on. He had a really long catch and run for a touchdown. Exactly. That's why he ended up in in double digits, so forget it. (laughs) But Fluke, moving on. Fluke, yep. (laughs) A Miami Dolphin here in the Fluke for Real segment is always fun. Trent Sherfield. Had a great that whole play, the throw, the catch, everything was so great in the left corner of the end zone there on the ball from two against the Browns on Sunday. 16.3 fantasy points, fluker for real West. He's a fantastic uh third, you could argue fourth read behind Mike Kosicki. You could argue, you know, seventh read behind Raheem yeah. Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and Alec Ingold. And yeah. I know he's good. He's good. Believe yeah. it from two Dolphins fans that Trent Surfield's really good, but obviously don't pick him up. Yeah. He was the high, he was the highest scoring Dolphins receiver. And it's like, Oh, hilarious. He did you better know, than Tyreek. Yeah. Tyreek and Waddle owners this week are like, ah, bummer, but still a great win, but bummer, you know, bummer the Dolphins. Um, you know, yeah. Good to see him score a touchdown. I, I really, as a Dolphins fan, really like Trent Sherfield, but is a bit fluky here in our fluke for real segment. Dalton Schultz, 17.4 fantasy oh, points. West Fluker for real. Finally, for real. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm saying please this, I'm stay raw. here. Just this score is what I expect. touchdowns, throw the ball. Like, please, please keep throwing Eight the ball. targets is really, really good for a tight end. Yeah. I really like that a lot. And yeah. in addition to everything CD Lamb did as well. So that is yeah. also more encouragement for me for Schultz going forward. 100%. Yeah, hopefully, you know, maybe maybe things lighten up a little bit in the coverage area for Schultz as well there based off the CD game. But definitely exciting as a Schultz owner to get that kind of game. Last one here, Tyler Higby. Bit of, a, bit of an up week here. What do we think? Fluke for real? Um, Fluke. Because of yeah, John Wolford. That's what I'm thinking too. I think he had a safety net and I think he took advantage of it. You know, eight targets, eight catches for 73 yards, less than 10 yards of reception. You know, wasn't like it was making much of it. It seemed like a lot of it was coming within five yards of the line of scrimmage that he was making those passes. You know, bit of a safety yeah, net there. I, I think it's a fluke. I will, I will say that w- this will be interesting when Stafford is back with who who he prefers with Cooper Cup gone. Is it is it going to be Allen Robinson? Like I feel like it will be, or is Tyler Higby going to be the number one? Or are we just going to see an uptick in Ben Skoranek? Like I think he's going to have to figure out who his next number one option is, and I don't know if it's Higby. Uh, unfortunately, I, unfortunately, I don't think so. But that's just something we have to wait for next week. Yeah, going to see what happens there. That's going to do it for our positive segment of Fluker for real. Just a few guys that we can talk about here to see what's going on though, Wes. In the negative side of it, Alvin Kamara, another down week, 7.5 fantasy points, fluker for real. You know, it's uh, I'm going to categorize this as for real in the sense that this is how Kamara will be for this season. I think we're going to see more boom or bust from Kamara, which is not how he's normally been. So I think this is for real, but he will also have 25, 30 plus point games. Do you agree? Does that make sense? I'm with you on that. I'm I'm a little worried by the rumblings I'm hearing of, you know, should Jameis Winston be back under center? Because I don't think Alvin Kamara benefits from that. But right, um, yeah, I think it's he's very boomer bust, and so we're gonna have to just start him and deal with it, no matter what happens. Another guy here, 
let us down a little bit. Something we got to figure out what's going on here. Chase Claypool, 1.8 fantasy points. Fluker for real. Why even trade for him if you're going to target him twice? Yeah, doesn't make sense. No sense to me. Like why he's he's immediately entered as the number two option. If number one, depending on your viewpoint of how good Darnell Mooney is, like why would you trade for him? You only get two targets, and then you go ahead and target Cole Komet seven times, and he gets two touchdowns. For real, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't understand it. But for real, I'm not. I think Chase Claypool is no longer a fantasy option. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, it's simple as that. I agree with you. This is this is for real. A bit disappointing, but it seems just just seems like it's going to end up being Colcomet, and that's that's going to be who Fields is going to throw to there. So let's say it together, Wes, Clyde edwards alaire for real, for real. Drop him. You know, oh completely drop him. I don't care. Like drop him. He had he had he played four snaps on Sunday. He played four snaps. That's it. Garbage. Like just, yeah, he has no, he has no position here. Pacheco keeps on getting the running game and Jerick McKinnon still ends up being the one who is the most fantasy friendly of the three of those running backs. Clyde edwards can be dropped. I'm serious. You can lose the roster spot. Like it's, it, you can free it up. He deserves no spot on your team, you know? And, and if you feel like he does and he still needs to be there for you, I'm sorry. Like, like your team's probably in a rough spot. If like, it's like, right. you don't have a better option than Clyde here to like no hope that he backs. falls into the end zone or something. So, yep. For real, drop him. Don't care. Uh, last one here. Debo Samuel, just 7.1 fantasy points. We talked a little bit about the 49ers offense. What do we think here? West Fluker for real. I, I kind of like the analogy you were giving about maybe there's just too many cooks in the kitchen and they're uh, it's possible that they may just not all get double digit points. Maybe it's just, maybe they kind of all even each other out and it's going to start to look more of like these, you know, 12, 14 point gains for all of them, because how do you stop them all? And one person can't break out. Glad to see McCaffrey is, you know, still, he got like 17 points, almost 18, but you know, Debo's coming off an injury and off a bye week. I'm not ready to call this surreal just yet. I need one more week in full with this Pro Bowl roster to to be ready to think that Debo is is out in the fantasy world. What do you say? I mean, yeah, it's just crazy to think about. And let's we'll, we'll just elaborate on this real quick here. It's just like you just said, this Pro Bowl roster. And yet, how did they not win Sunday Night Football by like 80 points? Like, how did they not just blow out the Chargers there? I don't I don't understand really what's going on here. You know, it's, you know, we look at, we look at how, you know, it's funny. I, I crap, I just had the analogy. I just had the analogy for it. Um, you know, the... There it is. Okay, ready. So Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes comes into the season saying, you know, he lost Tyreek Hill, a really big playmaker. So now the whole offense as a whole, as far as playmakers goes, kind of drops a level. You know, it doesn't, it's not as explosive. It's not as high powered. It's not, you know, all that sort of stuff. He says, it's going to be a different player every week. We're going to have to guess. And now the 49ers, every, their whole offense is up a level, like up a tier. And it still feels like we're just going to have to guess every week. Like it's going to be someone different every week. And so it's, it's really disappointing to see such a high powered offense 
doing this, like doing this sort of, you know, what's going on here. And, you know, maybe maybe this leads us into our in or out segment, you know, because this backfield is really confusing. It is strange how involved Elijah Mitchell became. He I'm, was so involved. I became, I'm a big Elijah Mitchell fan. He was my, um, my best value pick going yeah. into the season, but it is, I mean, Debo still got some carries, but it's just, it, I, I was talking to some 49ers friends because, you know, I live in, I live in California. So obviously there's some, some San Francisco uh, supporters. And, and I was talking to them. I was like, you won, but defensively. You beat yeah. them defensively. You didn't do anything on offense. Like, I, I don't understand. And they're confused, too. They're just like, I don't know. I mean, we still won. But it was like, yeah, but do you feel good? Because your offense should be steamrolling everybody. I don't know. I don't understand. I need another week before, I, before I'm i ready to call this for real. That's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'll tease it a little bit, and we'll get more into it. It's just, you know, I saw a lot of people saying this, you know, if – Hey, Shanahan, if you were going to have a committee backfield, why did you go up all those draft picks for, you know, Christian McCaffrey to be the lesser of the, like have lesser snaps in that committee than, than Elijah Mitchell did? Like what, like what, like, (sighs) yeah, or, or lesser opportunities, maybe I'll say, or carries. It's just, I don't, you know. It seems like, you know, Jeff Wilson's still doing just fine. Seems like you could have just had him and Elijah Mitchell back <laughs> right. and had a great one-two punch there. I don't think you need to give up the farm. You know, it's just confusing. But, you know, yeah. it's you, 49ers offense is baffling <laughs> to me, man. It's It doesn't make much sense, you know. But that's going to go for Fluke for real, Wes. Let's jump over to our, uh, our little new segment here. Yeah, and you were just teasing it. We're just going to talk about some of these uh, these running back backfields and what we got to make of the backup running back. So here's the thing. Before you know it, we're going to be in the fantasy playoffs, and we won't have a lot of waiver wire options, especially in the ground game. So we're going to jump into this segment called Backup Running Back In or Out. A lot of backup running backs made big statements over this weekend. No one are going to decide if we're in or out. Starting with, let's just jump to it. Let's go with Elijah Mitchell. Are you in or out Elijah Mitchell? 9.8 points, 18 carries to McCaffrey's 14 carries. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Elijah Mitchell. I mean, I, I had stashed him on my team. Somebody who had him needed the spot on their bench uh, to add somebody else. They had dropped him. I stashed him on my team, you know. One, just on the off chance, you know, McCaffrey has dealt with injuries. Maybe he gets hurt, and then we got a great running back and a great running system here. Now it just feels like a committee again. You know, I'm in on Elijah Mitchell. You know, 9.8 fantasy points, but 18 carries. 18 carries for Elijah Mitchell. 89 yards. He had nearly five yards a carry running the football on Sunday night. I just, I'm in. I'm in on Elijah Mitchell. I, I, I am in, and I, you know. I am in a rough situation with a bye week next week. He might make his way into my starting lineup. Like it truly may be. If I'm if, if someone's gonna look at me and go, yeah, he's gonna get 20 opportunities and Christian McCaffrey's still in the backfield. My goodness, like great. Don't care. Like sign me up for Elijah Mitchell. I feel the same. I have to remind myself that Elijah Mitchell was named the starter for San Francisco before this season. So he's obviously talented enough to be a good back, but I mean, 18 carries, how do you shy away from that? And then just as you're saying, if McCaffrey gets hurt, 
You got a guy. So I'm, I'm definitely in on, on Mitchell. Yeah. Um, we're going to jump over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Landon Fournette gets injured, leaves the game with a hip injury. In comes your deep cut, by the way, Noah. You said a few weeks ago, keep your eye on this guy, Rashad White. He had 10 and a half points. Not a lot to look at, but just, but still 105 yards off of 22 carries. And in the end, he was on the field for 65% of the snaps in or out on Rashad White. Yeah, I'm in. He'll be in my, well, I'll talk about him in a little bit on my waiver wire segment, but uh, I'm in on Rashad White. I, yep. Count, count me in. I'm in. I, I'm in as well. I'm very, very interested how they're going to use him after what he did over a hundred yards, not even as the starter. What are they going to do when Fournette comes back? Very, very interested, especially because he's very young compared to Fournette. Fascinating. Uh, We teased him a little bit earlier in this episode for Fluker for Real. We're going to talk about Miami Dolphins' newly acquired former San Francisco 49ers running back Jeff Wilson Jr. Finished the game (laughs) with 22.3 points, 17 carries, and 119 yards with a touchdown to boot. 61% of the snaps. He wasn't on the team just a couple weeks ago. Freaking all right. In or out on Jeff Wilson. I'm in. I'm in on Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Excuse me. It is. It's funny because we were wondering, you know, after the first week, all right, how's this going to, how's this going to play out? Are they going to, is, is one of them going to take over? No, they both got a role. Like they both have a role. Yeah. Jeff Wilson Jr. And Raheem Mostert both have a role. They're both doing well. And, you know, the Miami Dolphins are seven and three going into the bye week with extra time to prepare to figure out how to use this one, two punch. I love it. I'm in. It's, it's amazing. And it is also really great to know that Raheem Mostert isn't out. Uh, He, I don't know if he's the backup. I wouldn't say that, but it's just nice to know that it's not a complete handoff to Raheem Mostert owners. Yeah. Um, Let's jump over to the Atlanta Falcons. We had a, a rough game with Cordero Patterson. Tyler Algier had more opportunities, more snap counts. I'm not sure if the snap counts were more, but he had 48% of the snap counts. He saw eight carries, 20 yards. He uh, <laughs> had negative 17 yards uh, in the receiving game, which is ridiculous. But what do you say? In or out on Tyler Algier? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on Tyler Algier. It, it, you know, it does feel like still this is Cordero Patterson's backfield bit of a weird game on Thursday night football last week. And, you know, Patterson didn't get the full workload. I think we all expected that being said, I'm still, I'm still going to take him over, over Algier. And I still believe that Cordell Patterson is going to be the guy for this Falcons offense. You know, Arthur Smith wants to win and, you know, they could, they can do that with, with Cordell Patterson running football. So I like, uh, I like Cordell Patterson. I am out on Tyler Algier. Yeah, I agree. It's nothing else to say to that. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about LA, no Cooper Cup. Now we're going to discuss Kyron Williams. Am I saying his name right? Kyron? Kyron Williams. Yeah. Kyron. Okay. Just making sure. Kyron Williams. Okay. Kind of showed up. I saw a few, few people decided to start him. 6.9 points in the end, only one carry for nine yards, but he had three targets, three catches, and turned that into 30 yards in the air. 27% snap count in or out on Kyron Williams. Um, so here's the thing. My my heart, my heart is in. 
my heart is in it's one of those ones where I say I need to see it again. I need to see more usage. I need to see this offense in more of a natural way that they'll be playing with Stafford. Um, I do say in though, because while he only had one carry, that was only five less carries than both Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson had. They each only had six carries. Uh, And, you know, he ended up, Kyron Williams ended up with, you know, four opportunities Daryl Henderson ended up with seven and Cam makers ended up with, you know, also seven. So, you know, it's, you know, it feels like this backfield is wide open. It feels like anyone could go ahead and do something here. And I know that the Rams were really excited about Kyron Williams, the rookie at Notre Dame before the season, he hurt his ankle in week one and he wasn't able to play. And now he's back. Let's see what it looks like with with Stafford under center, but I think I think this could be a sign of potentially shifting in the backfield. I'm in on Kyron Williams. I am going to remain cautious and say out for myself just because I am out on the Rams offense in general. I th- I think there is potential for this to kind of turn into something but i i've just i've just been disappointed by the rams for a lot of the season so i'm i'm if i have an extra slot maybe maybe i'll pick up kyron williams for me personally right now i'm i'm still i'm still not in on kyron williams yeah i think i think sean mcveigh is also out on the rams this season uh (laughs) and so that's for me the thing that i'm like well your running game your running game has been garbage the whole year so far Maybe switch it up and see if it gets not garbage. It's again, this is probably my heart and more wishful thinking because I am a Kyron Williams fan and I think he could be really good on the Rams. Um, but not many signs showing that it's it's his time yet. So we just have to keep waiting and see. Could could be a you know, maybe just an, you know, late, late in the season he starts getting the work. You know, most of his production came on the Rams last drive because they didn't have much going on. I believe I believe almost all of his production came on the last drive because I was monitoring and I was thrilled to see, Oh wow. He ended up with 6.9 points. Cause I actually had him in a starting lineup this week. Cause I was projected to lose by a bunch. And I was like, you know what? Let's take a long shot. You Screw know, it, yeah. 6.9 points, whatever, you know? So <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be interesting. Well, we'll wait and see. Uh, last one here for our in and out segment in or out segment, uh, a surprise with, Jalen Warren, who kind of snuck in to the Steelers backfield, ended up with 43% of the snap count, 10.7 points on the day, nine carries, 37 yards, also saw three targets, three catches, 40 yards off of all that. Do you, uh, are you in or out on Jalen Warren? I'm very intrigued by this. I don't know if, if this is one of those ones where if I have a roster spot that I'm like, okay, I have, Kenyon Drake rostered, or I could pick up Jalen Warren. I'm I'm probably going to go pick up Jalen Warren because it's interesting. 43% of snaps and, you know, seven PPR fantasy points on in the passing game. I I think we got to see more here, but it's, he is sneaking in and he's slowly getting used more and more. Najee has not been very good this week. He had nearly a hundred yards. So that was good for Najee, but um, as far as fantasy goes, he has not been has not been the guy. So I'm interested in Jalen Warren for sure. 
I don't know if I'm in or out. Honestly, I'm I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> stand fair. in the doorway. I'm gonna stand in the doorway and not not choose if I'm gonna be in or out. Yeah, it's not a very decisive answer, but I'm in the same boat. I just look at that like, okay, because Najee has been such a disappointment, I'll keep I'll keep it. I'll uh, I'll flag him on the waiver interest for myself. Like, okay, maybe maybe he turns into something. Yeah. Potential there for sure. All right, Wes, let's do a couple last things to close out the show here. Let's give the people our waiver ads of the week. Who is your waiver ad for week 10, 11? How do we want to classify this? Week 11. Let's say week 11 waiver ad. I am bought in on Cole Komet. Oh, yeah. He's my waiver ad of the week. It's not Christian Watson. It's not Nick Westbrook Ikine. It's Cole Komet because he did it twice there it is he did it again okay show show me again do it again okay uh it's also been this kind of interesting change in the in the season he averaged two and a half targets the first eight weeks first eight games and now he's suddenly averaging six and a half targets a game all five of his touchdowns have come from the last three games including back to back two touchdown performances as we were saying with Cole Komet and with Chase Claypool, it feels like he's the number one option for Justin Fields when Justin Fields decides to throw it instead of rushing 100 and a billion yards every game. I really like Cole Komet, and I really like how he's been playing, and he is a playmaker. He is a he is a difference maker in this offense. I really like what's happened with him. I'm going to add him in my waiver wire. Uh, I really like yours too, Noah, but he's one of my top options for waiver uh, waiver ads of week 10, week 11. We'll never figure that out, but it's Cole Komet. Cole Komet's my waiver ad for the week. I, I love it. You know, so high on Cole Komet coming into the season. So happy to see him doing well, finally. Definitely somebody we had high hopes for, and he is coming into those for sure. Four touchdowns over his last two games. Him and Justin Fields are killing it in this Bears offense, at least for fantasy football. Even if they're not winning football games, fantasy, fantasy yeah. football, they're doing a great job. And Cole Komet should be added at 100%. I love it. All right, let's hear your waiver wire ad for the week, Noah. Yeah, it is, you know, we talked about both these guys a little bit here, but my my waiver ad is Rashad White, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. He's, he's someone we talked about a lot over the past month. Uh, he was my deep cut a month ago. And we're seeing him take on a pretty serious role here, no doubt about it. He actually even technically started their game in Germany as he took the first snap of the game while Leonard Fournette was on the sideline there. Rashad White was ready, plugged into the scheme for the first snap of the game there. They definitely like that guy in Tampa. Fournette's dealing with a hip pointer injury, and you know, there's some weird conflicting result or uh you know, conflicting reports. You know, initially it was saying he's going to be good after the bye, and then Bowles was like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna have to play by ear and see, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, conflicting reports. Rashad White should definitely be a top ad this week in a Bucks offense that is humming going into the bye week. Rashad White is averaging four point eight yards per carry over the last four weeks, and uh, he can be considered RB one caliber should Leonard Fournette miss any time. Even when Fournette playing, he definitely is on the flex radar in fantasy lineups. Rashad White, top waiver out of the week. And it's it's probably an easy ad to get because he's on a bye week. I think my, some people may just think, oh, I'm not going to get him because he's on a bye week. Well, I think now is the perfect opportunity because you don't want to risk it 
And he did really well. I mean, he averaged almost five yards a carry in Germany against the Seahawks. And he proved to be a, you know, a, a, a workhorse 22 carries. That is awesome. Yeah. And he's been, he's been getting decent yards here and there. I like him a lot. I, you know, Noah and I were kind of like, Hey, I think we know where waiver wire ads are after the first window of Sunday. We're like, it's, I think we like Cole Komet and Rashad white a lot. And I really hope that when Fournette comes back, Rashad White is involved heavily because I think I think that I think that was a huge that was a statement that was a statement for that Bucks offense what he was able to do and help them sustain a lead against the Seahawks. I like I like what Rashad White's doing there in Tampa Bay. One hundred percent, definitely like what Rashad White has going on there. Could be an easy ad, especially for the bye week this week. Going to have to wait and see here. But that's going to do it for waiver ads. Let's close it out with Thursday Night Football Preview West with some must-starts, risky starts, and don't-starts. This game got a little more interesting here after uh, Green Bay took down the Cowboys in overtime. So uh, what do we think here for Titans at Packers? Wes, who is your must-start for Thursday night? Derrick Henry. Just keep starting him. Like, don't worry about that game. <laughs> keep Keep plugging in the king. Guys on a roll after this one game. I mean, don't worry. I have nothing to say. It's just, yeah, just keep starting Derrick Henry. This isn't a week one, week two kind of concern. No, he's awesome. I like what you said, Noah, about Ryan Tannehill may have had some rust that he had a knock off, you know, maybe not a full practice as the first team rep. It's thinking about it when Tua returned played against the Steelers, not a great show for the offense. They still won, but Tua wasn't that hot. Tyreek Hill didn't play that great. The offense kind of had after the first drive, Dolphins didn't do a lot. Since then, they're good. Uh, I think it's a similar situation. Tannehill is back. He's going to remain the starter. He and Henry know how to play the offense together. I think you're fine. Don't think twice. Start Derrick Henry. I like it. Nothing to say on that. Just, yeah, don't be worried. He's He's going to come through. You're good. Derrick Henry owners, don't freak out. You're good. Don't worry You're good. about it. Keep it going. That's all I got to say. All right. Who's your must start, Noah, now that I took Derrick Henry? <laughs> yeah. My must start is going to be Aaron Jones for uh, for the Packers here. Listen, I am an Aaron Jones skeptic, but numbers don't lie. Okay. We can talk about how poor the Packers have looked, but Aaron Jones has had 18-plus opportunities in three of his last four games, again, those opportunities are rushes plus targets, opportunities to score you fantasy points there. And uh, three out of three of his last four games, 18 plus opportunities. And out of three of his last four games is averaging 19.6 fantasy points per game. Uh, dope. Like I know, Aaron, I know the Packers have looked bad, but like, Aaron Jones has been good for fantasy over the last four weeks for sure. He's had a really good month. Keep he's going to keep it going here, going up against the Titans defense on Thursday night, who are allowing at least 14.1 fantasy points to, and this is a little bit of a wordy stat here, but 14.1 fantasy points to workhorse running backs who are not in a committee. So like the Broncos running backs, no one really had a good game. You know, nobody was really playing all that well, but we go, we look at Damian Pierce, 14 fantasy points. We go back and we look at, Jonathan Taylor even against uh, the Tennessee Titans had like a 15.5 point game. You know, Aaron Jones should be lined up to do pretty well against the Titans on Thursday night. Plug him in. Be, don't don't think he's going to have a flute game or or whatever. You know, Aaron Jones is good. Plug him in. Yeah, it's a similar thing with 
you know, Derrick Henry, it's like, I mean, you have to start him regardless because, you know, he's likely your number one running back on your team. But I, I think you can have some confidence because we, what we've seen the last couple of weeks where it's like, okay, I think he's probably back. And in some cases, more receiving oriented. Last week, it was very much on the ground, 20 plus carries. So, yeah, I also really like Aaron Jones. So I really hope that on Thursday night, we get to watch him kind of put together a really, really solid game for fantasy owners. Yeah, that's going to be the hope for sure. I'm excited for it, though. Wes, let's get risky. Who is a risky start for you on Thursday night? Um, I, I'm worried about Christian Watson. I, mm. I think he's a bit of a risk. Here's the thing. He's never had more than four targets all season prior to this game, okay? The most yards he's had in a single game is 34 yards. To put that into perspective, he's had only a total of 88 yards all season prior to this game. So he had more yards in his entire season on Sunday than the entire career. Even after this game, even after what he did, he's still fifth in receiving yards in the Packers roster. Seventh. If you don't just count wide receivers, he's seventh behind Robert Tunyon and the aforementioned Aaron Jones. And even after this game, he's still seventh in red zone targets behind A.J. Dillon even. Look, nothing this season has indicated to me that th- that he was due for a breakout game. Nothing showed that there was any kind of lead up to this kind of performance. He didn't sneak in and started getting some, some work in. And for that reason, I'm just not ready to call him Aaron Rodgers' favorite target in Green Bay. I'm saying it's a risk because I know it's hard to ignore three touchdowns off of four catches, and he was clutch for Aaron Rodgers. That makes a statement, but I'm just looking at how this entire this entire season has gone, and I'm I'm worried. It's a risk. It's a risk for me. That's all I'm saying. I don't, uh, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to start it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. worried. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a risk. You know, it's, you know, I mentioned it briefly about Kadarius Tony, but show it to me twice. Okay. Do it again. I like what I saw, but show it to me twice. Yeah. Maybe, th- maybe, maybe on Friday when we're recording our, uh, when, we, when we drop this episode, you'll hear me say, you know what? Watson might be real. Well, I think yeah. Watson's the real deal. He's got the connection with Rogers. You also could hear me say, go, Wow. We uh, last week saw Christian Watson's best game of his career. And <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that also could be that, you know, it's going to be interesting. Definitely a risky start there for sure. Yeah. I just, I still can't get that dropped pass from week one out of my mind. And I know that's not fair to him, but just, I don't know. There's still, I just do it again. Do it again. Prove me wrong. Maybe me eat my words. All right, Noah, share with the class your risky start for this Thursday night. Yep, it's another Aaron here. It's Aaron Rodgers. Listen, he did it, guys. He did it. He went over 16 fantasy points in a game. What a good thing to see. Great to see the Packers <laughs> offense doing things that we're used to seeing, which is having a you know a solid air attack. A, one might even say a thriving air attack there. You know, he had that connection. He may have found that top receiver, you know, in Christian Watson here, but you know, in a week with fantasy options like Tua and, you know, Geno Smith and Trevor Lawrence and Tom Brady, all people who could truly be, you know, your starting quarterback for your fantasy team. 
you know, Roger Rogers may be worth the stream if he can keep the connection with Christian Watson going. You know, he, he's had a pretty boring fantasy season so far, but you know, whenever you got a quarterback on a bye week, you may need to stream that player. So, or you may just need someone to stream. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Aaron Rodgers for you this week. And uh I, you know, I think it's risky, but in, you know, we saw a good performance from last week. So and and against the Cowboys nonetheless. So could could be a good week for for Rodgers against Tennessee. Yeah, I'm with you on that same. It feels like a risk because he's been so uh, he's been bad. I was going to be polite about it, but he's just been bad this season. Yeah. And it is nice to see essentially a shootout when an overtime 30 plus points for the Packers. And that is familiar to us over the last 10 years of Aaron Rodgers. But it still feels like a risk. I agree totally. Now, if you're someone who has. Tua or Gino, and you're just they've been your quarterback for the season, you'd be getting by. Yeah, maybe, maybe Rogers. You know, check check, see who else is there, though. That's the thing. I, I would still check to see who else is available. I wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, Rogers is back. I do it again. Do it again, A-Rod. Come on. Yeah. Discount double do it again. Discount double do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're did you like that one, Noah? Be, I did like that one, Wes. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see. We're going to have to watch closely on Thursday night to see, all right, is this Packers offense rolling or is this, you know, a one-off for Rodgers? We'll have to wait and see there. Wes, tell me who you're not starting at all, though. I'm not starting Nick Westbrook-Ikine. Look, uh, I like those stats, too. It's a fluke, okay? Same as Christian Watson. Prior to this game, Westbrook Akine also hadn't had more than four targets in a single game. Worse than that, he's had just as many games with zero targets as he's had with four targets or more in a game. And worse than that, he's had three straight games without a catch until this game. And worse than that, Prior to this game, he had as many games without a catch as he has with a catch. It's a fluke. Don't buy it. He just got lucky. He had a good game. Like four or five catches for 119 yards. No, it's a fluke. Don't start him. Don't start Nick Westbrook-Akine. Don't. It's no. 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 I think think you may get... Westbrook Akine cut from the team. Vrabel listens. Vrabel listens to the podcast, and he's probably going, why, "Why does this guy have yeah. a job? Yeah, why? Why did he play for me? No, yeah, Fluky, don't don't start him. Don't don't play him. Don't start him. Fluky, don't do it. That's it. Simple as that. Simple as that. Moving on. All right, close out a show, Noah, with your don't start for Thursday night. Dontrell Hilliard. Don't do it. Don't start Dondre Hilliard. Listen, back-to-back 1.8-point fantasy weeks. It, 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 not only don't start him, he just probably shouldn't be on, shouldn't be on rosters. I don't know. It's just it, – I get handcuffing Henry, but, you know, the 20-point ceiling that we're hoping for with the PPR, we haven't – you know, we haven't seen that since week one. And, you know, so the, the flex temptation could be there, but, you know, don't, don't try and get cute. You know, you don't go to a – you know, you don't go to a – Def Leppard show and they don't play the hits, you know, play, play your starters, play your best players. And, and, you know, don't, don't be like me who was like, you know what, let's play Kyron Williams in my lineup this week. That's a brilliant <laughs> idea, right? No way Jeff Wilson has success this week. Right. 
Yeah. Way to go, Noah. You cost yourself a win. Um, you know, don't, don't get cute. Dontra Hilliard, you know, get him, get him out of there. I have, we have a podcast, by the way. Yeah. We just so you know, we have a podcast. I started Kyrie Williams over Jeff Wilson. Brilliant yeah. idea by me. You explained uh, it though. You said like you were projecting. Yeah, I was projecting to lose lot, by 30 because so. oh. Cordell Patterson had three points, you know, so it would have, you know, it, it actually, what it was, is it, it, it doesn't actually even matter because it, what it would have taken was me because Kyron Williams had a better game than Cordero Patterson. It would have taken me having played Jeff Wilson over quarter over Cordero Patterson. So like, sure. It wouldn't happen anyways, but whatever, you know what? It's all good. You know, I, I'm still in the thick of a playoff push right now in my division. So we'll see what happens here, but that is going to be all the time we have for this episode. Wherever you're listening, we'd appreciate it if you give the episode five stars and write something funny in the review so we can give you a shout out next time. We're on social media everywhere at Fourth and Troll and on Facebook at Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Look out for our mascot, Teddy the Troll, and make him smile by giving us a follow and joining us next time every Tuesday and Friday. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Fantasy.